Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, open thou my lips, that my mouth may show forth thy praise. Amen. Good evening, dear friends in Christ Jesus. Those of you who are here in church tonight, and you also Christian friends, who are worshiping with us by means of the radio. It is nice, is it not, to be here in God's house and to spend the waning moments of Christmas Eve here and then to greet the dawn of Christmas Day also here in God's house. You of the radio audience, it is a joy to have you worshiping with us on this holy night. On this holy night, dear children, we're going down to Bethlehem, as we have wont to do. Going down to Bethlehem, we're asking this question as we go to the manger, what child is this whose birthday we are celebrating on this holy night? And for our answer, we are going to ask the angel that announced his birth centuries ago tonight to the shepherds. When the angel, you recall, said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And as we go down to Bethlehem tonight and we ask the angel, What child is this? Who is this manger child of Bethlehem? Who is this little babe whose birthday we are celebrating on this holy night? And the angel says, Don't you know? Why, this babe is no less than your Savior. He is no less than your Savior Christ the Lord who came into the world so that you might spend eternity with God in heaven. And you and I may pause on this holy night and say, O oh, angel, that sounds too good to be true. You mean to say that this babe is our Savior, that he came to bring eternal life and everlasting salvation for us, that because he came that we can spend eternity, we can spend forever with God in God's home in heaven. We may say, O oh, angel, we'd love to believe that. But after all, we may say, does God really love us that much? We may say to the angel, we know that God loves us on this holy night, but does God love us that much? Doesn't God's love have boundaries? Doesn't God's love have limitations? We say to the angel, oh, we'd love to believe that this child is no less than our Savior who came that we might spend forever with God in heaven. But we may say, it just can't be because God doesn't love us that much. We're sinners. 
We are unworthy of that kind of love. We are not deserving of that kind of love. We may say to the angel, and oh, on this holy night, we'd like to believe that this child is no less than our Savior who came to bring eternal life and everlasting salvation. And yet the angel says to you and me on this night as we go down to Bethlehem, but this child is no less than your Savior, Christ the Lord. He is the one who, because he came, assures you of eternal life with God in heaven. And all because the angel would assure us tonight on this holiest of all nights that God's love knows no boundaries, that God's love knows no limitations, that God's love knows no restrictions in your life and mine, that God loves us within all-out love. The angel would remind us to see this all-out love this love that surpasses human understanding, this love that defies your imagination and mine, the angel would remind you and me on this holy night to see this love in action in the Christmas story. We may say tonight, what is there about the Christmas story that would show us that this child is no less than our Savior who came to bring life and salvation and all because God's love knows no limits, that God's love is immense, that it knows no bounds. Can we see such love in the Christmas story? Oh, the angel would remind you and me that God loved us so much that God promised this Savior who because of his coming would make it possible for us to spend an eternity with God in heaven, that God loved us so much that he promised the Savior back in the Garden of Eden and that God's love was so intense and it was so immense that God continued that promise and that God actually shaped the events of history so that this Savior could come into the world. Oh, the Christmas story is a long story, my children. It starts back 4,000 years before that first holy night in Bethlehem. We've got to go back to the Garden of Eden when God created our first parents, Adam and Eve. And when he created them in holiness and righteousness, and then we know that they deliberately sinned and they did that what's wrong in the sight of God. And we say, where is the love of God? God turned to them in spite of their sins and they were most undeserving, but here is that limitless love of God. God promised this Savior to them back in the Garden of Eden. We have that first good news when God said, to Adam and Eve and as he spoke to Satan who had tempted our first parents and caused them to sin and God said and I will put enmity between thee and the woman between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel God limitless love promised this Savior to our first parents think of it 4,000 years before that first holy night in Bethlehem this is the limitless love of God this is the immensity of God's love and then from Eve, God blessed Adam and Eve that they had children, Cain and Abel. And Abel was to be the one from whom this Savior was to come. But you know, Cain killed Abel. You and I stand and we say, what kind of love did God have? Did God's love limit itself? Did God say, my love stops? Oh no, God, he shaped human history and God blessed Adam and Eve with another son. And he called his name Seth that Seth would be the one from whom this Savior would come, who would come that we might spend an eternity with God in heaven. And so the world moved on. We come down to a thousand years after the creation of Adam and Eve, and we come down to the time of Noah. 
And in that day, the word of God tells us uh, that man became very wicked and God said he was going to destroy the human race by a flood. You see, this is the Christmas story. And yet here was God's love. We say, did God's love have limits or bounds? Oh, it was an immense love because God said, I will save Noah and his three sons and their wives because God had promised in love that there would be a Savior who would come into the world. And in the ark, God saved those eight individuals. And when the flood was over, you recall that when Noah blessed his oldest son, he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Blessed be the Lord God. He would be the Lord God that would come Shem from your line. He would be a Shemite. Oh, if you want to see the unlimited, the boundless love of God, you've got to see it, children, in the Christmas story. And so we move on then from the time of Noah and Shem to another thousand years. And we come to the time of a man by the name of Abraham. He lived over in the land of Ur, the Chaldees. And while he knew the true God, nevertheless, he dwelt in a home where they also worshipped idols. God's love was so great that God saw that he could not continue this promise through one person, that it could no longer be through Seth and through Noah and Shem. Now God decided in love that he was going to create a nation. He was going to make a nation in this world and he had asked a man by the name of Abraham if he would go where he would send him and he said, and I will make of you, Abraham, a great nation and in you and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. This is the love of God. And you and I say, do you mean to say, angel, that this child is no less than our Savior who because he came makes it possible for us to spend an eternity with God in heaven? Oh, yes. Because God's love was so great. And you know, Abraham accepted God's promise. And he left the land of Ur, the Chaldees, and he traveled up into Haran. And he came down southwestward and came to a land where he had never been before. A strange land. It was called the land of Canaan. And he came in that land and God said, This is the land that I will give you, Abraham, and I will make a nation out of you. And God again in love, he repeated the promise in you and in your seed. This Messiah would come. This Savior would come. And you all nations of the earth will be blessed. And you see, Abraham didn't have a son. And Abraham and Sarah, they were talking, and Sarah had a plan, you remember. And it was not God's will. Sarah says, you have a handmaid and a concubine by the name of Hagar. You have a child from her because I can't give you a child. And you remember Ishmael was born. And Abraham thought it was going to be Ishmael. And God's love, oh, again, it was great enough that God, even though Abraham didn't deserve a son, nevertheless, God's love so boundless God said to Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a child. And Abraham was 100 years old, you recall. And Sarah was 90 years old. And she gave birth to a son. And she called his name Isaac. It was laughter because she couldn't believe it. But God's love in the Christmas story, now it was again. There would be a nation under Abraham. And this Messiah, this Christ, this Savior was going to come from Isaac's line. Well, Isaac, you know, married a girl by the name of Rebekah. And they became the parents of twins, Esau and Jacob. And God said, and Jacob shall be the one from whom again the Savior would come. But we recall the story of Jacob, don't we? He was one who was... A, simply a supplanter. He was a trickster and he tricked his brother Esau out of the firstborn right and again the firstborn inheritance and he had a flee for his life. And you recall when he started he was going back to Haran where again Abraham had been and where his uncle lived. And 
God again, you talk about the love of God when he started out and Jacob, you recall, he came that night and he slept there with a rock for his pillow and he saw that ladder coming down from heaven and he saw the angels of God ascending and descending and he saw God at the top of the ladder speaking to him. Oh, you talk about the immensity of God's love in the Christmas story. God promised Jacob, he said, and I will be with you and I will watch over you. And Jacob, you know, went up to Haran. He stayed there for 20 years and he had two wives then, Leah and his beloved Rachel. And then he decided to come back into this strange land of Canaan because God wanted him to come back. But because Esau heard about and was going to come and meet him, Jacob thought that Esau was going to kill him. We talk about the immensity of God's love. And so Jacob came one night to the brook Jabbok, and I was there in person. I washed my hands in the brook Jabbok and remembered that there was Jacob. And Jacob, knowing that his brother was come, thinking he was going to kill him, how about the love of God? And God sent the angels of the Lord, who was none other than Jesus before the days of his flesh, and he wrestled with Jacob, you recall, that whole night. And Jacob held on and said, I tell you, forgive me, I'll not let loose of you. And that night the Son of God forgave Jacob and gave him a new name, Israel. This is the love of God. And you and I say to ourselves, can this babe be no less than our Savior who because of his coming that we can spend an eternity with God in heaven? Does God love us that much? Yes, children. God loves us that much. God's love knows no bounds. He forgave Jacob and gave him that new name. And yet Esau came, you know, and Esau was reconciled to his brother. And so Jacob came on back into this strange land of Canaan. And that beloved wife of his, Rachel, was ready to have a child. And you recall that on the way, and they came near this little village of Bethlehem, and she gave birth to that child, and his name was Benjamin, and she died there, you recall. And Jacob buried her on the road to Bethlehem. He came into the land of Israel, this land of Canaan, and he had 12 sons. And then came the tragic story, you know, when they sold their brother Joseph into slavery. But God, you talk about the love of God in the Christmas story. You see, the whole word of God is the Christmas story. And when Joseph was down in Egypt, when Joseph rose to be the second man in Egypt, and he saved people then, you know, in the famine time, his family came down, about 70 of them. God in his love, this tremendous love that knows no bounds, had promised Abraham, I'll still make a nation out of you. Seventy souls came down into Egypt. And then came the time when Jacob was ready to die and he blessed those twelve sons. And you recall the love of God as we see it. He passed by Reuben and Simeon and Levi when he came to the fourth son who was, Ju who was Judah. Then he said, Judah, you're a lion's whelp. Judah, you are a lion's cub. You are the winning tribe. And then there came these prophetic words. God loved us, to be sure, in the Christmas story. He said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. Judah, you're going to be the winner. From you will come the Savior. Oh, we say, how can this babe of Bethlehem on this holy night, whom again we come to bow before him. How can he be no less than our Savior? Does God love us that much? And God loves us that much, children. He loves us. Oh, God kept the promise alive because his love knew no bounds. And Jacob died. And then they were down in Egypt for over 400 years. And this little band of 70 people became a nation of people between one and three million souls. And then you know the story of Moses 
when he led them out of the land of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea and they came to Mount Sinai and there God gave the Ten Commandments and then they left Mount Sinai and they came over into Kadesh Barnea on the southern border of this strange land of Canaan. God says, go on in and take the land. And you recall they didn't want to do it. They were afraid because some of the spies had told them that the people were giants in the land and they were only grasshoppers. You remember that God's love was there and God said, All right, you that are over the age of 20 except Joshua and Caleb, you'll die in the wilderness. But God's promise was there and God said, The rest of you will go in. I'll still give you this land. They wandered, you know, in the wilderness for 40 years and finally they came into this strange land of Canaan. Then came the period of the judges, you recall. Then finally they wanted a king and God put Saul from the tribe of Benjamin on the throne. And Saul again proved to be a miserable failure. And then there came one by the name of David. And David was from the tribe of Judah. You talk about the immensity of God's love that you and I can believe on this holy night that this child was no less than our Savior who because of his coming that we can spend forever with God in his home in heaven. Does God love us that much? And God says, oh yes, my love knows no bounds. My love is immense. My love is boundless. My love is wider than the ocean. It is wider than the sea. And again, here they were. They got in. Here was King David. And when King David again came to the throne, what a tremendous nation it was. You talk about the love of God. It knows no bounds. God shaping history. Here was that nation. The nation of Israel, small, here it was in the time of David, the predominant nation in the world at that time. This is the love of God. You say, does God love us that much? In the Christmas story, you see his love in its greatest hour. You see it in its immensity. God actually shaping human history and human events. This is the story of the word of God. Then what happened? Oh, they sinned and the kingdom was divided in the year 722 B.C. We know that the Assyrians came over and they conquered the northern kingdom and they carried ten tribes into captivity. The famous lost ten tribes of Israel. But the southern kingdom, which was the kingdom of Judah, it still remained. Then came the year 586 when Nebuchadnezzar came, you know. Came over from Babylon and he destroyed the temple and he carried them away into captivity but God had had a prophet there had been the prophet Micah who had said that this he says but thou Bethlehem Ephrata though thou be little among the thousands of Judah yet out of thee shall he come forth and arise who shall be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been of old even from everlasting Micah said but nevertheless this Jesus this Messiah this Savior is going to be born down in Bethlehem then there was Isaiah who lived 700 years before that holy night in Bethlehem centuries ago when Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. A virgin is going to have a son. He's going to be God in human flesh. That's what Christmas means. God, the second person of the Trinity, on this holy night centuries ago, came into the world born of the Virgin Mary as a human being. Isaiah said that. Oh, we talk about the immensity of God's love. This is the Savior. This is what this night is all about. And Isaiah said, And unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, again, Israel was waiting, 
Here was a nation. When they were down in captivity, God said, in 70 years you come back. Isaiah, 200 years before the man even lived, mentioned a man by the name of Cyrus and said it would be Cyrus that would let the people come home, and they finally came back to the land of Palestine. They came back to this land of Canaan. They reestablished themselves, and the last prophet that then spoke was Malachi. That was 400 years before that holy night in Bethlehem. And Malachi said that the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And he also, because of the greatness of God's love, he said that Elijah shall return. And Jesus told us that this Elijah was none other than John the Baptist. We say to ourselves tonight as we go down to Bethlehem, and we say, what child is this? And the angel says, why don't you know that this child is no less than your Savior? He is the one that came to bring eternal life and everlasting salvation for you. He is the one that came so that you can spend forever with God in God's heaven. And you and I say, it's just too good to be true. God can't love us that much. The angel says, oh, yes, he does. God's love is boundless. God's love absolutely knows no boundaries. It knows no restrictions. God's love is limitless. The angel says, look at the Christmas story. And then there came a 400 years of silence. We say, where is the love of God? Well, the angel assures us tonight on this holy night that God loved us so much that God again, when the fullness of time was come, then God sent this Savior into the world that first holy night, and God shaped human history at his very coming. We say, can I believe tonight? Can I believe, angel, that this child is no less than my Savior, that he came to bring eternal life and everlasting salvation, that he came so that I can live throughout all eternity with God in his home in heaven. The angel says, oh yes, look at God's limitless love in the Christmas story. Four hundred years of silence after Malachi and the people waiting, and then God broke through, and then God began again to shape human history. There was a man by the name of Zacharias, you recall him. He was in the temple. He was offering sacrifices. And the Gabriel, the angel of God, came to him and said, Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a son. You're going to call his name John. This was the first breakthrough, the first that God's love again was showing itself after 400 long years of silence. And then six months later, Gabriel went up into Nazareth, a little town up in the province of Galilee, there again he came to a virgin by the name of Mary and said, Hail Mary, and announced to her that God had chosen her, that she was to be the mother of the Savior, that God had promised for 4,000 years. Oh, the love of God, we didn't deserve his coming, but God tells us when the fullness of time was come. God says, when my love decided that I wanted to send my son as the Savior, then I sent him into the world. Mary accepted her role, as you know. And then when Gabriel had told her that her cousin Elizabeth was six months great with child, she left Nazareth and came on down into Judea, probably to the place of Heaven, which is perhaps where they lived. When she came to Mary and she embraced her cousin, Mary said to, again, told Elizabeth what had happened, and again she was going to be the mother of the Christ child. Elizabeth told her about John, and Elizabeth looked at Mary and said, Blessed art thou among women. 
Mary stayed there for three months till it was about time for the birth of John the Baptist, and then she went home. And she was engaged to a young man by the name of Joseph, and it wasn't very long before Joseph realized that there was something wrong with Mary, and he didn't know what it was, but he made up his mind that he was going to break that engagement, that he wasn't going to marry her because he realized that she was going to have a child. We talk about the love of God, the boundless love of God. We say it has no bounds. Oh, this was the Savior. How was Joseph to know? But in a sleep, God sent an angel to him in this dream. The angel told Joseph just what was taking place, that Mary was to be the mother of God the Son. She was to be the mother of the Savior that God had promised. Here was God's love at its best. Here was God's love in its fullness and then Joseph understood what it must have meant to Mary when he told her, Now I understand. You are a virgin and you're going to have a child. And this child is no less than the Savior. He is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord, the one that God in love has promised who will come to bring life and salvation. And he accepted Mary and... What did the neighbors say? The neighbors were saying plenty, as the neighbors always do. But, oh, in God's love, we talk about the immensity of God's love. Caesar Augustus on the throne over in Rome because Palestine was under the Roman ego. Suddenly he issues a decree that all the world should be taxed because the world was under the Caesars and Palestine was under the Caesars. That all the world should be taxed and should be enrolled. Little did he know that here was God's love in its greatest hour. Even the emperor was, again, God was shaping human destiny. The emperor was a pawn in the hand of God. And that meant that now Mary and Joseph, they could leave Nazareth and Galilee. And as the Jew was wont to do for enrollment and taxation, he went to his ancestral city. And that was the city of Bethlehem because both Mary and Joseph were descendants of David, and David had been born in Bethlehem. Oh, we see God's love. They started out, and no doubt they didn't come down through Samaria. There is a nice road that leads along the edge of Galilee, and you cross the River Jordan, and you come down on the east side. I walked part of that road. No doubt that's the way they came, because even the poorest of families have a donkey. No doubt, boys and girls, she rode the donkey, and Joseph, again, he led the way. Oh, you say, how about the love of God? Knowing no bounds, it must have been a tremendous ride. God looking down in heaven, and we read in the Word of God about 10,000 times 10,000 angels. That's a hundred million angels, boys and girls. If anybody was ever protected, here was the virgin mother, great with child, coming down to Bethlehem. And here was God in 10,000 times 10,000 angels watching and guarding on that road. Probably on the east side of the Jordan they crossed and came through Jericho and came down into the city of Jerusalem, the city of peace. No doubt as they walked there and they said, Oh, at one time our ancestor David sat upon the throne here. This was the great day for our people. But oh, they, they had to hurry on, coming down from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem about six miles. They came on down and they passed the tomb of Rachel where Jacob had buried his beloved wife. And then here was Bethlehem. 
No doubt as they saw the fields of Bethlehem, they thought of their ancestor David and he who had prayed in the fields of Bethlehem, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I suppose they talked about this and said, oh, here are the fields. Here is where Ruth, the little heathen girl, where she gleaned wheat in the fields of Boaz and Boaz fell in love with her and he married this little Moabitess Ruth, this little heathen girl. And they became the parents of Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse became the father of David and they probably talked about this little heathen girl being also in their bloodline and we talk about the immensity of God's love. Oh, you see it in the Christmas story coming into Bethlehem and Mary was saying to Joseph, Joseph, you're going to have to hurry. You're going to have to hurry because my time is about here. And they came into Bethlehem. And they went to the inn and they tried to get a room. And of course, the innkeeper didn't know what was happening. He didn't know that the time was coming for her to deliver her child. He didn't know who she was. He didn't know that this child was to be no less than the Savior, the Son of God, that in him men might live with God in heaven forever. And so all he could offer was, again, a place out in the barn where there was a manger. And so out there they went. And boys and girls, you talk about the love of God. Oh, even though Joseph was there alone with Mary, there were 10,000 times 10,000 angels. Don't forget a hundred million angels watching. And God the Father watching. And then, in the lowliness of that barn, that stable, she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in baby clothes, and she laid him in a manger of all places, in the straw in a manger. And heaven was looking down, we say, in this no less than the Savior. Oh, yes, he is the one who came so that we might spend eternity with God in heaven because God's love was so great, oh, God let him be born so humble that God's love might be assured that all might say, well, God loves even the poor. God loves the destitute. He loves the lonely. But oh, it wasn't very long before there were some shepherds, we are told, not far from where Jesus was born. They were out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and we are told, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. Shepherds, you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger, imagine. And suddenly we are told there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, well, this was the first Christmas carol. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Oh, what it must have been out in the fields of Bethlehem that night when lowly shepherds heard the good news, your Savior, the one that God promised back in the Garden of Eden, 4,000 years, here he is, the one who because of his coming makes it possible for us to have eternal life and everlasting salvation. When the angels were gone away, the shepherds came with haste and they, they wanted to find a babe. Well, all the babes had swaddling clothes, but oh, to find a babe that would be lying in a manger, mind you. It didn't take them long. And oh, what a surprise it must have been to Joseph when shepherds came 
and ask him, there was a little baby born here, and for Joseph to say, yes, a little babe was born here tonight. And the shepherds went in and they saw the Christ child. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then again they left and they, they told abroad the things which the angel had told them. And Mary pondered all these things and kept them in her heart. This is that holy night and we've gone down to Bethlehem and we say to ourselves, what child is this? And the angel says, why rejoice and thank God and be filled with this good tidings. This child is no less than your Savior. He is the one who came to bring eternal life and everlasting salvation for you. He is the one who, because of his coming, makes it possible for you to spend an eternity with God in heaven. That's who he is. The angel would remind you and me, God's love knows no limits. It is boundless. It is immense. God's love defies our human imagination because the angel assures us that God loves us so much that every year at Christmas time, he gives us a foretaste of what it will be like to spend an eternity with him in heaven. Isn't it amazing, boys and girls, what happens every year at Christmas? It's just sort of a magic spell that comes over the world. Isn't that right? We say, what, what happens at Christmas time that doesn't happen any other time, that suddenly we become aware of one another, a suddenly we become more friendly, a suddenly we become more forgiving, a suddenly we care, a suddenly we show more love one to another. Suddenly, it's sort of a little bit of heaven on earth, isn't it? You see, every Christmas, heaven, heaven breaks through, and we say to ourselves, I wonder what heaven will be like. I wonder what it will be like to spend an eternity with God in his home. And the angel would say, it's like Christmas. It's something like Christmas, like the holy night, when again heaven breaks loose and heaven touches earth and something happens. Our hearts go out and there's, there's a little bit of heaven on earth. You see, even with war, we... We have a respite and we say, oh, we can't kill one another on Christmas at this holy night. Let's hold up our arms for 24 hours. You see, this is sort of a foretaste of heaven, isn't it? Oh, God's love knows no bounds. And God lets us feel it this holy night every year. It's no wonder that even the there's legend that even the animals, even the dumb animals of God, we are told they feel the solemnity of this holy night. For the legend says that at midnight that even the animals bow down and they kneel. It was always one of my joys when I had my little dog, Punk. And even when the kids, the grandchildren went to bed, somehow or other I even felt that Punkin felt the solemnity and the reverence of a holy night because we would sit together. He was quiet and, oh, Christmas, oh, I hold on to it and I don't want it to pass because to me this holy night, it's a, it's a little bit of heaven on earth. This is about what heaven's going to be like. You came to church on this holy night. Some of you stayed home. You said, maybe I can't take it. Are you lonely tonight? Do you feel so forsaken? Don't the kids care? 
You may say, but this is, this is that holy night. This is the Savior that heaven's going to be a something like Christmas and it'll more than compensate. Are you alone? Do you feel so God-forsaken? Do you feel so distressed? Did your husband leave you without love? Did a wife leave you? Did the children leave you? Tonight, is there a vacant chair in your home? Did some loved one leave you in the past year? And you have only tears and you say, Oh, Christmas is so hard, is it? Oh, can't you and I say, If somebody has gone home to be at home for Christmas in heaven, what must heaven be like tonight? I can just imagine, oh, the great multitude before the throne of the Savior. A multitude, John says, that no man could number them. The 10,000 times 10,000 angels, boys and girls. Oh, what heaven must be doing, rejoicing on this holy night, singing to the Savior in the eternal mansions of heaven. And he shall reign forever and ever and King of kings and Lord of lords and hallelujah and hallelujah. Oh, if a loved one has gone home for Christmas, remember who this babe is. It must be wonderful to be in heaven, to go home for Christmas. You and I can dry our tears and we can smile through all of them and we can say, this is that holy night. Heaven's like this. I'll put my faith and my trust in him so that I can spend an eternity with God in heaven and it will more than compensate for my loneliness, for my heartache, for the fact that a loved one has gone to be with the Lord. This is that holy night. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Christ the Lord. God bless us, everyone. A Merry Christmas to you. You see, the hour is approaching. And again, we must greet the dawn of Christmas Day. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.